Hey, Chapeau, over here. Come and join me. Oh, we, oui. stupendous, how formidable. You were just a person I wanted to speak to. Wait, what is in your mouth? What are you eating? Is this some sort of joke? What about your series of letters you planned on writing to the to ban all vegetables from the show food pavilion? And here you are eating. I understand the irony, Chapeau. I'm eating a salad, an actual salad that isn't just a garnish on top of a steak that I usually discard of. A nice juicy steak that I'm going to actually eat next alongside that potato. Oh, I don't understand, Stupendous. If someone, last week, if someone would even mention this vegetable around you or even a salad, they would get slapped, slapped silly for their efforts. What is going on? You still may have meat on your diet, but now there is also lots of vegetables. Voilà change. Oh, uh, chapeau. My doctor says I have to introduce plant life to my system. Oh, oh really? You went inside a doctor? Kelp me is double shocked. Eating vegetables is one thing, but you visiting a doctor voluntarily? That's completely different. This must be very serious. Are you dying, stupendous? You know, your cholesterol must be through the roof by now. Oh, Chapeau, you're so dramatic. No, it's, it's actually not my cholesterol. At, at least I'm pretty sure it's not. And no, I'm not aware that I'm dying yet. I'm pretty sure it's not. But uh, part of my life is dying, though. Sacred blue, stupendous. So you have to eat some vegetables now. Now who's being dramatic? No, but I am intrigued, though. What, Sivu play? part of your life is dying. Oh, my social life, Chapeau. The doctor recommended I stop taking Windex before before all the long-term uh, side effects take effect. Oh, what will you do, Stupendous? If you quit Windex, my God, the horror, Stupendous, the horror! What are you saying, Chapeau? What do you suppose is going to happen to me? Oh, uh, if you are truly going to be quitting Windex, you may be considering to work straight from your home for a few years, perhaps. Oh, uh, but by the way, I don't remember you ever having a doctor. Uh, who did you, who is your doctor, by the way? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Chapeau. Ah, and just in time for lunch. Chapeau, you know who it is. Well, he's also my doctor. Sacre bleu, Signore Alas Huipo is a doctor. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of WWE wrestling. Tonight, we start with the flagship, Monday Night Hurrah! Then to the NXT Universe with the NXT 2.0. Then travel away across the pond for the NXT UK. And finally, to wrap up the show, we bring to you Friday Night Smackdown.
Now, with all that all said, uh, it's time to start the show. So, Maestro, if you will please sing us in. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling as he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. On the wrestling show. On the wrestling Show, oh, 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 baby. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from San Diego, California. It's Monday Night Hurrah! Air date. July 4th, 2022, this episode is The Road to SummerSlam. Let's go! Well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome to the Wrestling Show, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and tonight we're going to start with our coverage of what happened at the latest episode of Raw. Now, with this standard, the typical seven matches on the card tonight. But first... We get, before we get started, of course, a quick shout out to the non-competitors. Uh, now it's uh, representing the authority figure, the general manager. He is Adam Pierce. Now this is where the WWE has uh, did a little toss-up, little uh, you know, changing things up a little bit in backstage. Now getting all the backstage scoops and pre-match interviews. They are regularly would be Kevin Patrick's, but not today. They are Sarah Shriver and her uh, colleague, uh, Megan Morant. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, but last but not least, the announced team, the commentators, the hosts. Some might call them the narrators of the show. They are, of course, Corey Graves. Stepping in for Jimmy Smith is uh, Kevin Patrick. And, of course... It is a very ever-jacked uh, Byron Saxton along with them. That's true. But, of course, without further kadoos, let's get on with the show. Now, this show starts with, uh, I don't know why, but it's the United States champion. The very brand new United States champion in the ring there um, is Bobby Lashley. Of course, a special note for today for Raw, we do not have the uh, the world champion nor we do we have the uh, tag team champions that's right uh, the unified champions of the tag team and the world championships uh, the representing the bloodline of course it's uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Jimmy Uso Jay Uso nowhere to be seen in this episode of uh, Monday Night Raw mm-hmm, it's true not even the representative Paul Heyman not even him so yes yeah, right no uh, bloodline. That's weird. Okay, so yet again, Roman Reigns, nowhere to be seen. But anyways, we got uh, Bobby Lashley in the ring there representing the championship gold, you know. But of course, we've got ourselves Theory 
coming out there. And he's saying he should, uh, it should be all about theory because he won, the, he's now the youngest money in the bank um, contract winner. Winner! That's right. Uh, now they get into argument and apparently uh, um, Austin Theory has some, still has pull in the WWE, even though we all know it's uh, the pull is not coming from Vince McMahon any longer. So they're not showing that anymore. So uh, Vince Theory still has the pull in the uh, WWE. So um, he's using this so-called pull, and I'm using quotes in there, uh, to do two things. One, later tonight will be a, a six-man tag he's going to put together. And two, he's going to have a rematch at SummerSlam. So uh, Theory's uh, plate seems to be very full. Very full. He's a very busy person, and who knows? Uh, could uh, Theory be the youngest champion ever? One of the greatest champions ever? Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm throwing greatest around really easy, to a little bit too easy. But before this uh, uh, face down could end, that's right, They uh, Theory tries to attack uh, Bobby Lashley <laughs> with the briefcase and all. Briefcase pops open, no contract slides out. What's going on with that? What's going on with that? I guess it's just a briefcase. For a little while there, they thought uh, maybe uh, the briefcase should be holding something like a contract. But no contract. The briefcase is a contract, apparently, um, for this. So before Austin Theory can uh, get away with beating up uh, Bobby Lashley, Bobby gets the upper hand and eventually with the Chicona Bomb. It would seem like a Chicona Bomb. That's what it would look like. That's exactly how uh, it's like a super choke slam but it's not really a choke slam because he's picking him up by the stomach like a chicona bomb so basically Bobby Lashley with the chicona bomb to uh theory 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 escapes with his life coming back to maybe avenge his uh humiliating beating with a victory in his triple threat six-man tag I should say so now with that we go backstage with their very own Sarah Schreiber that's right uh now, Sarah Schreiber with uh, the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, and uh, basically uh, um, she talks about uh, um, the response to Finn Balor, saying that uh, how uh, Dominic should be with, of course, Judgment Day, rather than with his father, who's been letting him down, but no, 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 he's backing up his father. And of course, who are the Mysterios fighting? What, they're supposed to be fighting uh, Judgment Days, uh, uh, Damien Priest and Finn Balor. Now, of course, we all know uh, Rhea Ripley won't be joining them uh, to the uh, ring because she has an injury to an undisclosed part of her body. It's true. It happened. Um, so before the match can start, it is the Mysterious, both Rey and Dominic Mysterio getting attacked by uh, Judgment Day. But eventually, they got the match started. They got the match started, you know. And uh, it goes on. Um... Uh, it was a fun match, I suppose. It wasn't great. It was a fun match. Uh, um, now, had a point where I uh, had some good teamwork where the Mysterios do a double 6192. That's right, Judgment Day. Uh, now, if Rhea was there, it would never have happened. But regardless, um, Damien and Finn looking like fools with the double 619. That's right. The mirrored 619, of course, you know. Because uh, apparently, uh, Ray does it the wrong way. Mm -hmm, it's true. So at the end sequence, it comes to this. Uh, Damien Priest slides in a chair to the uh, to his partner, Finn Balor, and then jumps onto the apron itself. 
to distract the ref. Now, uh, I don't know, this was really silly in a way, but it happened. So, uh, the ref's now completely distracted. I guess he didn't see the chair getting slid into the ring, whatever. So Dominic comes in there to uh, stop what's going to happen. That's right. Uh, Dominic gets hit in the stomach for his, uh, his troubles. And then, turning around to finish off the job, Finn Balor is about to hit uh, Dominic Mis uh, Rey Mysterio in the head or whatever with the chair. Rey Mysterio lies down. The referee turns around. And he sees Finn Balor with the evidence in his hand, a chair in his hand. That's right. And Rey Mysterio on the ground. It's like almost what, uh, you know, Eddie Guerrero would have done. Except Eddie Guerrero would have put it, brought in the chair and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. But regardless, it, it compared it to Eddie Guerrero's move. And uh, uh, Finn Balor was, uh, of course, uh, disqualified. The ref did not see anything, you know. Referee, you know. So it's, if you don't see anything, it never happened. So regardless, the Mysterious with a big win. And then we go backstage, I guess, I guess earlier in the day, earlier in the week, whatnot. It's, we got ourselves a Logan Paul signs a WWE contract and uh, does it, it says that I'm not doing this because I'm uh, going to be friends with the Miz. In fact, I'm going to be hunting the Miz. I am uh, Logan Paul. Yes. So Logan Paul going to the ring, I guess uh, now he's got a contract, which is good. I guess all the, um, bring his fans to the, I don't know. Will this be help to WWE? Logan Paul did look very comfortable in that ring. So who knows, could this be a new chapter? Um, so anyways, we go with that to uh, Megan Morant. That's right. Megan Morant's in there with The Miz. And The Miz, however, um... He feels Logan Paul feels about him. Logan Paul wants to beat up the Miz. Miz feels like, listen, get rid of that grudge, Logan Paul. We can be friends. I can help you be go to the next level. You know? Don't fight it. Join it. So that's right. Miz is very confident that uh, this is not a feud at all. But just future friends with a road bump that happened in the past. So now here we go, earlier on the day, it is of course the 4th of July and uh, the Street Profits throw, they say it is the Street Profits uh, street party, the 4th of July street party. And they're all talking to talk about the, how great the party is and whatnots. And then they get a shoosh, of course. Shoosh! It's uh, Chad Gable and Mr. Otis getting in there, getting all in their grill. And next note, oh my goodness, guess what? contest is going to happen at the 4th of July party. That's right, not a fighting contest, a hot dog eating contest, which you know, very few hot dogs will actually be consumed during this contest. Because of course, it is just pretend, just like the Damon Kemp uh, and Wolfgang drinking segment, where you know Damon Kemp did not touch a single drop of that beer and acted like he was drunk. Very bad acting, by the way. Okay, by the way, we go backstage now. The Mysterio is very happy with their win victory. But uh, Judgment Day not happy with their victory. Because Judgment Day lost. So they got revenge by beating up the Mysterios. Backstage. That's right. Getting redemption any way you can. Even though it doesn't really count in the record books. But it happened. So here we go. Um, we go in the ring there. We go into the ring. 
with a huge match uh, is uh, AJ Styles versus The Miz Part 2. Now, the first time they got together, uh, Miz, it was a great match. It was a really good match. Uh, um, the Miz was about to get uh, clobbered with the phenomenal forearm. AJ Styles looks like he tried to put his face into a meat grinder. I don't know why. But yeah, he was all bloody for some reason. Um, but Miz ended up walking out, getting count out. So this week, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Why? Um, Miz does try to get his patented figure of four on to AJ. He gets shoved off, you know. Now, a whole corner sequence happened where, uh, you know, when Miz gets shoved off, uh, AJ goes to the corner. The Miz charges him. AJ does a kicks, kicks off of the Miz and floats over to the top rope. Miz stumbles backwards, which then sets him up for the perfect uh, distance for AJ Styles for the uh, phenomenal forearm, flies off top, and whabo! That's right, Miz gets one right between the four eyes. The four eyes, that's right, and the forehead between the eyes. <laughs> it happened, I'm keeping it in. So it is a with a, almost a seven minute match. It was a good match, it was a fun match. Fun, quick match, exciting, entertaining. It was a uh, well. It was very close to being match of the night. Tell you the truth. Tell you the truth. But it's AJ Styles with a big old victory over Miz. Now, before AJ Styles can really celebrate it, he's attacked, viciously attacked, by Tommaso Ciampa. Now, uh, Tommaso uh, just really tried to put AJ Styles out of it, but AJ got his wits back about himself and tries to finish off Tommaso, but. That left him open for a wide open for attack. It is uh, The Miz coming from behind with a skull crushing finale. Putting down AJ Styles. Now this is something. I've seen this coming happening a long time from now. Uh, they, um, it's been Tommaso Ciampa and helping out The Miz whenever, every, anyway kid. For, uh, for quite a while now. For months now. You know. Whether it be against uh, the Mysterios. But now he's with the. Uh, against AJ Styles so they end with a handshake so I'm not sure what's if this is good for Tommaso Ciampa Miz got a really bad reputation with uh, tag team partners or partners in general like uh, when you're with the Miz the wind is behind when it's underneath your wings you are floating above the sky but as soon as that ends the Miz pushes over not only will people forget about you but your career is pretty much over in WWE it's weird weird how many times that's happened you know the spirit squad morrison a couple of times but regardless that looks like a nice little uh, fit for now what's going to happen in their future but as for now we got ourselves a big showing for I'm, i don't know why this happened um uh, do they just do not have enough wrestlers uh, enough women in the raw brand to uh do anything so I say that it's because representing their new, their new champion, it's uh, SmackDown's Liv Morgan. She's out there. She's uh, toting her uh, bell, and so be it. She won uh, in a, uh, you know, cashed in at uh, Money in the Bank. Got the Money in the Bank and cashed in with a roll up, roll up. That's right. That's right. Uh, Ronda Rousey's take. We took it in the rear in uh, the match. So in the ring there, we got ourselves a challenge. 
Natalia wants the belt, and I was like, why is Natalia there? She's now, technically, she's part of SmackDown, and uh, um, Carmella comes in there and starts, starts talking about that. It's like, what are you guys doing here? You're SmackDown. Get back to SmackDown. Come on now. Really? Seriously? So this is what... It makes no sense. I, it only means that, uh, I mean, they could have used this time to push other women. Maybe another match, but no. They had to use some SmackDown talent. So now Carmella, we have Carmella, um, SmackDown champion, Liv Morgan, um, SmackDown's uh, Natalia in there, and then to uh, help out Liv Morgan because it's now a 3 2 1 1. It's Bianca Belair, the Raw women's champion, comes out to help, and then, of course, Adam Pierce decides to make it official. The official Adam Pierce makes things official like he does, he, he should. Um, now he makes it a tag team match uh, it's going to be uh, Bianca Belair Liv Morgan versus Carmella Natalia now the end sequence was uh, Natal uh, Bianca and Carmella it takes a fight to the outside of the ring uh, Bianca gets uh, Carmella onto a fireman's carry just like uh, Bobby Lashley would do and usually Bobby Lashley follows that with ramming uh, such opponent's head into the ring post. But no, no, not this. Carmella slides off the arms, uh, off the uh, shoulders of uh, Bianca and then pushes her into the ring post. She climbs into the ring, try, or at least Carmella tries to climb into the ring for their double team advantage. But she is uh, given a big old fashioned knee to the face and knocked back out of the ring by, of course, uh, mm -hmm, Liv Morgan. Now in the ring, of course, Liv Morgan and uh, it's Natalia scuffle in the ring there. Natalia tries to get the old uh, sharpshooter on. Liv kicks her off and she bounces against the ropes there after a little scuffle. And then next note, uh, Liv Morgan meets her with the Oblivion and finishes this off. Uh, finishes this off. Uh, Natalia, one, two, three. It is over for Natalia. Wow, but uh, Natalia definitely wants the chance at this. Um, now. We'll find out Friday what's really happening with, uh, um, you know, Ronda Rousey. Is uh, Ronda Rousey out again? You know, uh, is she going to, or is she coming back uh, to challenge for her belt? We'll soon find out on SmackDown what is truly happening in the women's title picture in that, um, you know, brand. Now, here we go. We go, of course, uh, earlier in the day. The same old the 4th of July uh, barbecue thrown by the uh, um, Street Profits. But now we got ourselves Elias. I mean, Ezekiel. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Him and his stupid... Uh, he have a little bit there where he has got the ketchup. And he's got a, he's got a stupid uh, hot dog. And he squirts a ketchup like the hot dog is like 40 feet away from him. Well, gotta get that hot dog. It's so far away. You know, I've got to use my playing hand. You know, my strumming hand, my fret hand's too strong. So basically, he squirts uh, ketchup all over Seth friggin' Rollins. That's right. Now, Seth Rollins comes up there. You think things are going to get really intense, but Seth Rollins breaks up into a laughter. <laughs> yes. So we're going to find out because there's a match that's happened. I guess they just played that prequel. So uh, it's uh, Ezekiel versus Seth freaking Rollins. Mm -hmm. um, now this one here, 
was the match of the night, for sure. Because it's Seth freaking Rollins, one of the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots. Versus, now once upon a new, new uh, vamped look, uh, Ezekiel. Now remember, um, think Ezekiel was supposed to have fought uh, Kevin Owens at uh, Money in the Bank, but that never happened. You know? But here we go. We go in this match here, which was really fun. Um, now, it was almost 13 minutes of it's really enthralling wrestling. Uh, yes, like top notch, top gear WWE action. Um, Seth Rollins definitely is a genius in that ring. It truly is. But it came down to this. Uh, the end sequence was uh, um, Ezekiel trying with uh, a roll up. It doesn't get the roll up and going with the inside cradle. Missing the inside cradle and then going with the third, going to the well once so often. Now, this time it is a, uh, a backslide attempt. Now he goes down there. Uh, Seth Rollins gets him down. One, two, Seth Rollins rolls out of it. Ezekiel's still down. He's taking too long to get up on his own damn feet. It's true. After that uh, roll up, roll up, you know, backslide. And then, of course, Seth Rollins gets up really quick. And then, with a curb stomp, whammo! Yes, that's right. Whammo! Yes, hits uh, Ezekiel so hard. He thought he was Elias for a second. He starts strumming a guitar, a gear guitar. It's true. I saw it. It was there. And laughing out front, it's like, um, Seth Rollins like, ha, 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 he played the air guitar for me. Okay, that didn't happen, but I like to think it happened. So, of course, Seth Rollins on top of the world. Hopefully, one day, Seth Rollins will become, once again, your world champion. And, uh... You know, Roman Reigns says no one's no one's ready. Well, I think Seth Rollins is one person who is ready, more than ready. Now, Seth Rollins does go back into the ring to try and finish off some Ezekiel. Maybe uh, curb stomp him so he thinks he's uh, his other brother too. But before he can do anything, he's inter intercepted by a riddle. That's right. Not just any riddle, but this rail hit him with the RK bro, baby. That's right. And uh, Riddle making his mark on Seth Rollins, saying, uh, hey, hey, you don't make your statement on me. I make it on you, bro. Well, I don't know what the statement was, but basically he uh, took out Seth Rollins and uh, Ezekiel. Very happy for it, I suppose. Or just uh, happenstance, just happened, uh, you know, by chance. So now here we go. The hot dog eating contest. We got ourselves, uh, that's right, Angelo Dawkins versus... Otis, the machine, and uh, they see them eating one hot dog, just stuffing down a hot dog, both of them eating one hot dog. And I'm 100% sure that's all the hot dogs they've eaten is what you see there in the plate. Oh, I'm eating one hot dog, and then it's Otis stuffing uh, its hot dog into the water. Pretty sure. Maybe Otis might have had the one before, but I doubt it. And of course, winning the match is uh, Tozawa. And it's either Tozawa doing something, but we all know. It shows winner eating over 40 hot dogs is Tozawa, but I know 100%. Not one hot dog touched those lips of Tozawa, because he does not eat hot dog. No, no, he does not. So it was a stupid segment, but all in good fun without showing any of the fun. Now, here we go. We go into the ring with the six-man tag, waiting for it. It's going to be Bobby Lashley with his team of the Street Profits, Andrew Dawkins, Montez Ford versus... Of course, Austin Theory with his new team. It like, seems like the uh, the uh, Alpha Academy is just dropping around from people to people. Last time, uh, their best friend was uh, Kevin Owens. Now, it's Theory. 
That's right. They're like the uh, Alpha Academy is like the uh, the goon squads, the henchmen now, the hired guns, I suppose, the blue chippers. I can go on, but I won't. So, so it happens. It was pretty good. It was a fun match. Nevertheless, it was a fun match. Uh, it was Andrew Dawkins outside the ring, just just absolutely shoulder tackling uh, Theory. I smash him over top of the announce table, knock him out of the match for the rest of the match. Now in the ring was pretty fun, yeah, pretty good in the ring. Uh, um, Bobby Lashley take, trying taking out uh, um, Chad Gable, Chad Gable, but he's broken up there by Otis. And the next you know it, it's uh, Otis getting taken out with a massive sprog flash from um, from the heavens above. Apparently, yeah. It's uh, Montez Ford just crushing Four Point Otis, and they, you know, they both uh, take it outside, take it out the ring there. And next one is back to uh, Chad Gable, and uh, that's right, Bobby Bobby Lashley, where Chad Gable actually had the upper hand there, throwing off this wonderful moonsault, wonderful moonsault, to uh, try to squash uh, Bobby Lashley, but it didn't happen, did not happen. Um, but of course, uh, Chad Gable had a secondary plan. He tried to do his rolling um, belly-to-back suplex, the non-release. So he tries that, but it doesn't work. Bobby Lashley ends up uh, spear. That's right, massive spear, uh, spearing uh, Chad Gable out of his boots. Of course, we all know uh, the, the Alpha Academy once again doing the best they can be as jobbers, pushing Bobby Lashley and his partners of Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Now, it's great. I'm always a fan of the uh, Street Profits, both Angelo and Montez. They, every time, even in the losing cause, but this is a winning cause at some, even in the losing cause, they bring the smoke 100% of the time, which is very respectful. And hopefully one day, even though they're a big loss in uh, Money in the Bank, hopefully one day they will get their just desserts and hopefully they do not have to do that back in NXT, you know? That would be sad. So, but before you can put it end to this match is four point Otis, or Otis coming in the ring there. He does finish that hot dog, you know? And he throws up over uh, Chad Gable's face and the referee, yep. And show a little hot dog chunk too to prove that there was a hot dogs, but we all know he loaded his mouth up. Because otherwise, if it, he truly did eat over 20 hot dogs, he'd have a lot more barf than that. A lot more than that. So now here we go. With the throw-up situation, we go back, say, with Megan Morant and Becky Lynch. That's right. Becky's basic message is, uh, Becky is, in fact, ready for Asuka, and Asuka is not ready for no-holds-barred Becky, because they're going to have a no-holds-barred match, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Now, with that, there's something very ridiculous. It's the Fourth uh, of July celebration with Uncle Sam. With Uncle Sam now, Uncle Sam, of course, is uh, uh, played by our Truth in costume, looking like an absolute uh, clown in that ring there, an absolute clown, of course. Um, now he's trying to get everybody on the same page. He's trying to get uh, everybody to cheer USA because it's, of course, it's uh, Independence Day. And I guess some people are doing it because they want to have fun. But everybody knows this is just a, a retarded segment before uh, fans to chant shit. So this whole segment was interfered with Ludwig Kaiser into, into, uh, introducing the man of the hour. That's right. 
the new intercontinental champion is right. It's Gunther. That's right. Walter is younger brother. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely wrong. Because he's not. Okay, so here's the thing. They have a match going on. Uh, starting up. He goes in the ring. And of course, our truth doesn't go anywhere. He's like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I think since we're having a celebration, right? So uh, the match is going to start. Uh, before the match, Gunther tries to slap off the wig and hat of uh, R-Truth, but apparently he glued it on his head. He like stapled it on his head. So he goes to the match with a dumb wig. A broken hat though. But this match was like literally under a minute. R-Truth was just, uh, just crushed. But you know what? Maybe it's good to see R-Truth not competing for the 24-7 championship. Because it's a, a, a farce. But regardless, R-Truth uh, being smashed by uh, Gunther. And then powerbomb by Gunther. Pinned by Gunther, matchbook style. Made a statement by Gunther. Now, even though Gunther couldn't have, could have uh, powerbombed him a couple more times, he did not. It's for the goodness of, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Independence Day. So now here we go, Sarah Schreiber talking to Alexa Bliss on Liv Morgan's success. Now, apparently, uh, I guess Liv's happy for Alexa. Uh, actually, Alexa, Alexa's happy for Liv. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, I guess uh, Alexa's looking for gold for herself. Now, she's looking for gold for her off of uh, Bianca Belair. But before this can happen, of course, uh, we got our very own uh, Oscar the Grouch coming in all grouchy. Oh, 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 oh. Whoa, 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 I'm gonna beat Becky Lynch. Then I'm gonna beat uh, Bianca Bear, the champion. That's right. She's all grouching up for the fans. And then that way. And then that way. So now here we go to the main event match. It is, uh, think with all that promo and boost, we got uh, our no hold barred match, which means no countouts and no disqualifications. That's right. That's what it means. It's uh, um, that's right. No, dis no disqualification match. That's what it really is. No holds barred match. It's just a nonsense term for. Uh, I guess it used to mean something. Now it doesn't mean anything. Except for the fact there's no disqualification. And of course, this match was a lot of fun. Uh, we had chairs. We had trash cans. And uh, we had even uh, a big spot there where uh, Oscar. A second rope suplexes, uh, which it could literally have been just a regular suplex, onto uh, Beck Lynch, onto a bunch of chairs. That's right, whammo. Whammo. Now, a table was set up. Um, it was put into the ring. And uh, now, before the table could have been used, it's Asuka comes out through the ring there, pulls, um, starts up, she brings out an umbrella. An umbrella. That's right. Brings that umbrella to the ring there, a nice bamboo umbrella. She brings it to the ring there. I guess she wants a bash onto uh, Becky Lynch. Becky catches that umbrella, switches it around. She gets it all. She gets her hands all set up on that. She turns around and, of course, she gets the mist, the COVID spray, right in the face, but not really, just a little bit in the face because she popped that uh, um, umbrella open and blocked most of that spray. Mm-hmm. It's true. Now, this fight eventually got to the turnbuckles, the, the, you know, and fought to the uh, second turnbuckle again, near the table that was set up. And then it's Becky Lynch falls off the thing and, and falls on top of, uh, it just seemed, it was a manhandle slam, but it's like, uh, 
Becky Lynch falling off the turnbuckle. It was a, uh, it was moved that uh, it was a, it was a big move. They went through the table. Becky Lynch gets the big pin, and I guess her luck is turning around. That's right. So she's looking forward to once again climb that ladder, climb that ladder, become once again the champion to be one the, the goat of wrestling. Now, that wraps up for this week's episode of Raw. However, we'll be covering the NXT 2.0 right after this short break, listener. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Farting. We all do it. It's not only a fact of life, it's also a completely normal bodily function. To live is to fart, but I had a special calling, a call to action. Hi, I'm Cody Rhodes, founder and CEO of Wind Express. This all elite product is for people like me, whom, like many of you out there, I too suffer from IFSF. That's insufferably foul-smelling farts. Now, through many, many years of trial and error, we discovered that forever for suppressing one's fart will only lead to a quick death after just a few short fartless years. We at Wind Express created a breakthrough technology, patent Wind X. This technology actually alters the perfume of one's farts to any fragrance we offer. Like me, join the millions who say yes to life. Order today and we will add our brand new product, the uh, fart noise cancellation insert for free. With the fart noise cancellation insert, you can now fart anonymously. Windex must be used in a daily for full effectiveness. Sudden stoppage of Windex after extended usage may cause worsening of flatulence. The wrestling show, baby. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE Universe and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, it's the NXT 2.0, air date July 5th, 2022. This episode is the Great American Bash. Let's go. Wellbo. Wellbo. Welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and this is the wrestling show's very cynical look back at what transpired at the latest tapings of NXT 2.0, or rather, I should I say, the NXT's The Great American Bash. Now, at the Great American Bash, there is just, of course, there's just uh, six matches on the card tonight. But, of course, before we get to the uh, the matches and what transpired on the show, we start with the commentators. The hosts, the narrators, they are Vic, there might be a hockey fight breaking out, Joseph, and Wade Barrett, whom... Um, must say about Wade Barrett was uh, when he was a wrestler was one of my favorite of all wrestlers that's right and now currently one of my favorite actually he is my favorite commentator and of course not to forget 
um, doing all the pre-match interviews and getting all the scoops. She is Mackenzie Mitchell. Now, without further cadoos, let's get on with the, the show, which is, of course, the Great American Bash. Now, the Great American Bash is the, uh, the big premium premium show, I guess you can say. Um, I, and it's taking place on just a regular um, show day. Um, now, this premium match or show has four, four, that's right, world championship titles on the line. And the first one, it's uh, the women's tag team championship match. Uh, represent, no, actually, it's uh, Core Jade and Roxanne Perez. Versus, of course, your current tag team champions representing the Toxic Attraction. It's Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. That's right. Now, this match was a fun match, without a doubt. Uh, but earlier on in the match, like halfway through the match, of course, uh, there's a pin attempt and, oh my goodness, Mandy Rose pulls out the referee from the ring, stopping the referee from the count, and then the referee had no choice but to eject Mandy Rose to, of course, Wade Barrett's complete dejection. You know, but you know what? Uh, beauty can't get you everything, you know. So she's ejected, and now it's uh, Gigi and JC by yourselves in the ring there. Um, it comes down to the final sequence in the ring there. Uh, looks like Toxic Attraction was going for a two-on-one um, finishing maneuver on Roxanne Perez. That's right. Uh, looks like. Uh, uh, JC was going for the, the low and she hit the ropes and when she bounced off the ropes there it looks like Core Jade she ran at her did a high cross they collided there and then they dropped to the rope I think they were supposed to fly out the ring there but it didn't happen um, it was a floppy they fall, both fell flopped on the ground there and uh, I guess uh, they had a little conversation saying okay now this way you roll out of the ring so she did so they rolled out of the ring inside the ring there was uh, of course um Gigi Dolan and Roxanne Perez. Uh, they did scuffle a little bit, uh, Roxanne Perez, with a kick to the stomach, and then with the old hopping on her back and finishing off JC uh, Gigi Dolan with a the Pop Rocks. That's right. Um, we have new tag team champions. Now Toxic Attraction is no longer the top women's uh, faction out there. Well, they, I, I guess they kind of still are the top women's faction out there because what other women's faction are there in the NXT? Um, not just NXT, but uh, in the WWE. I don't think they're the only ones. So they, regardless, Mandy Rose still holds the belt. Therefore, they still are the most powerful women's, um, you know, faction in the, in the WWE. That's it. So here we go. With that said, Core Jane, Roxanne Perez, your very brand new women's tag team champions. Um, now, I don't know. I think uh, perhaps it's time the NXT and uh, the WWE, uh, the main roster, uh, unified this. I don't know. I think there should just be one uh, women's tag team championships amongst all of the uh, that does no that doesn't make sense forget I said that um, good for them for I'm just saying because I'm, I'm open to free thinking here you know about uh, perhaps the uh, you know the NXT and the tag team division in the uh, WWE in general 
is bad enough. The women's division and the tag team division is even worse than men. So, uh, yeah. It's tough to have one and have so few teams to represent it. That, that's why Toxic Attraction had it so long. I mean, because they've been a, um, a, a natural tag team. They're like the only natural tag team. You know, so it's kind of weird to have... Uh, ah, okay. My broken apart rant is over. Moving on to the show. We got ourselves... Uh, the D'Angelo family with Tony D'Angelo and his uh, new best dude. It's uh, Channing Stax Lorenzo. After all, you know, uh, their former boy now sleeping with the fishes, apparently. It's uh, Troy Two Dimes Donovan. Now apparently so poor, he can barely rub two dimes together. Or he's just sleeping with the fishes, like I said. Um, and they got together with, oh my goodness, we got ourselves a sighting. It's Electra Lopez. She's around, oh my goodness. I don't know what happened, but she's back. Thank goodness. And uh, apparently she's done a lot while she was gone. But this is not about her. It's about, uh, not even about, uh, you know, uh, um, the other guys, you know, Joaquin Wilde and uh, um, Toro. Del Toro, that's right. It's about, that's right, um, Santos Escobar. He's been put in the hospital. That's right. You you were uh, let down. You you uh you let down Tony D'Angelo. He puts you in the hospital. Or something like that. I don't know. But Tony D'Angelo um showed a picture of uh you know uh, Santos Escobar lying in a hospital bed. So now here we go, we go into the ring with their very good match. It's Wesley in the ring there with it's Carmelo Hayes, his number one hype guy. Number one hype guy. It's Trick Williams. And of course, Carmelo Hayes uh, by his side, looking after the boy. Look after his boy. You know, uh, and he's got himself, uh, he's all dressed up in his boxing gear, you know, like uh, Grayson Waller. He's like, uh, you know, uh, I guess he wants to be like Muhammad Ali. And it's his two superheroes, I guess. He, he looks like he's a boxer, but uh, when he takes off his ring gear, you know, he looks like, uh, like Bruce Lee instead of yellow and black. It's white and black. So basically, it's uh, Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee. That's my two idols, and that's what I will look like. It's true. It's weird, but regardless of my ranting about that, um, it's uh, Carmelo Hayes brings up a little bit of a drinking tray with two, sorry, two little drinks out of it. One was clearly water, and one was questionable. So they fight on, and it, they have an outside sequence there where uh, it is uh, Trick Williams rolls out of the ring. Then uh, West comes out there following him out there. It was a fun match. It was a fun match. But then um, it's Trick Williams. He grabs the other bottle. Because during the match, he did drink some of the water, making sure that it sprayed over his face that it is the water. But he grabbed the other bottle. Or the other bottle was given to him by, of course, Carmelo Hayes. And Trick Williams quickly douses his hands and fists with his liquid. That's right. And then tosses liquid to his buddy, I guess, who is corporate. Wade Barrett? I don't know. And then, getting back in the ring, instantly, Trick Williams gets uh, Wesley on the ground and rubs his eyes furiously with his new coated hands with uh, perhaps rubbing alcohol? Blinding Wesley. Next you know, there's a big boot to the face and it's uh, um, the big win for Trick Williams over Wesley, who's been cheated. I can see this going on to another match, part two. You know, uh, 
What will Trick do to win part two? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, okay, regardless. Now we go backstage. It is our very own uh, Tiffany Stratton. That's right. She's uh, getting her makeup touched up. That's right. She wants to look her best, of course. And, you know, she's waiting for some powdering, so she closes her eyes. And then, voila, it's Wendy Chu taking over with a handful of uh, um, sand, I think. I think it was sand. And then uh, she always, she, uh, Wendy uh, just punches her in the face with a handful of sand. That's right, it's insane. She just straight up attacks. It was sand. It was some sort of powder. Um, so regardless, Wendy Chu is totally, wow. You think Pokemon would be nice, but this is a wild Pokemon, everybody. Wendy Pokachu, a wild Pokemon. So she's attacking Tiffany Stratton. And then they, they fight backstage. They have a whole sequence back there. And eventually, they go to the ring and fight for a good solid five minutes in there. Tiffany Stratton looking like a champ. Looking like she's a future champ, of course. And with her patented Corkscrew Santon. Mm-hmm. It's the Vader Corkscrew Vader Bomb, I like to call it. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, it is quite impressive. And uh, um, Tiffany Stratton with a big old victory. And now we got yourselves our, you know, once upon a time, he was, he, he was, Apollo Crews, he was in there, he's in the ring there, uh, he was a drive-by NXT uh, uh, wrestler when he first was in NXT, he just basically was in there for like a couple of hours, but he's back and I guess he wants to make his kids proud of him, because after all, being that uh, fake Nigerian uh, really didn't work, you know, uh, he may be Nigerian, but yeah, I guess he was, he was just being embarrassed, I do not talk like, okay, maybe I don't talk like that either, it's in his past, and that's going with his future. And what does the future hold? Why, it's in NXT. He decides to get his rebirth in the NXT. And uh, he's looking to fight anybody. You know, Braun Breaker, Cameron Grimes, whomever. But, of course, the one person comes out and challenges him is uh, Giovanni uh, Vici. Uh, he comes out there and, uh, yes, he uh, insults him and his kids and stuff like that. Not really him. He's, we're going to tell you kids when you lose. Hey, hey, I'm Giovanni. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun match. Um, this is uh, supposed to be um, Apollo Crews' rise again. Now, is this uh, just Apollo Crews pushing other wrestlers? Who knows? Could he be just doing the same thing as he was doing in the main roster, but now in NXT 2.0? We'll soon find out next week, probably, baby. Okay, so... Now we go from there, we go backstage with their very own uh, Mackenzie Mitchell with Ivy Nile talking about uh, Diamond Mine possibly imploding because they have a, a big match. The Creed Brothers, who are current champions, versus the leader, Roderick Strong, and a new member, Damon Kemp. Whoever wins this, of course, it is a tag team championship match. Will this break up the team? Ivy Nile says, no, we are stronger than that. And she hears a lot of bickering happening. She says, one second, and she moves on. The camera follows her. And uh, she finds uh, Tatum Paxley jabbering on with a bunch of, uh, uh, I guess, heartfelt conversation with a bunch of other women of the NXT. You know, and uh, I guess uh, Ivy puts a stop to that. Tatum's like, thanks her. And next, you know, it's like, uh, I guess, Ivy now giving Tatum a second chance. Saying, you better be there. Uh, you want to work out early in the morning. Whatever. So Tatum gets another chance at joining um, 
the diamond mine. Perhaps it is true. Maybe uh, Ivy Nile needs uh, another woman in there to back her up on decisions. Maybe this could be the new future of uh, Diamond Mine. Maybe Ivy Nile can be the new leader. The future leader, maybe. Who knows? I'm just saying stuff. So now, here we go. Win the ring. It is Carmelo Hayes. It is a, a big North American Championship match. That's right. Uh, Car Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller. Now, uh, it was done with uh, Grayson Waller sneaking, getting the better side of uh, Carmelo Hayes with signing autographs. And then one of the autographs was actually on a contract, which made this a, a, a binding contract with a match. Um, so this is uh, going to be a good match because, of course, Grayson Waller is, uh, I think he's a great wrestler, a great mind of wrestling, a great talker. He's a great all-around wrestler with a great look. Uh, Grayson Waller can go very far. However, his opponent is one of the best out there right now. He is the A champion. We all know it's Carmella Hayes. I personally think he is one of the best in wrestling. Um, I say that a few times, but not too often. So here we go. It was a great match for sure. Really good match. Uh, I would say probably uh, this could be the match, match of the night. Match of the night, that good. That good of a match. Um, so the end sequence was this. It was uh, Grayson Waller gets a sneak uh, stunner. Not his rolling stunner, his finishing stunner, but just a regular stunner. Um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin style. You know, gets him on there, boom. And then it's Carmelo Hayes ends up rolling out of the ring to safety so he doesn't get pinned. And then this Grayson Waller rolls out there and throws back in Grayson Waller. And then, uh, or Grayson Waller throws back in Carmelo Hayes. And then uh, Grayson Waller sets up for his finishing move. You know, he sets up, you know, he, he, uh, he, he's outside the ring. He ends up running towards the ring and then doing a front roll into the ring, finishing off with a stunner. So he's about to do that. Where Trick Williams gets right into his way, stalling the whole maneuver. And then, oh my goodness, Wesley comes out there and attacks. Trick Williams, that's right, for his uh, cowardly uh, wrestling style against uh, Westy earlier that day. Mm -hmm. So he's taken out, and Grayson Waller's like, well, well, that's done. Might as well get with me finished business. Just finish off me uh, uh, Carmelo Hayes. So thinking that Carmelo Hayes is a regular jabroni in the ring there, he goes and does his uh, uh, front roll uh, stunner. He goes in the ring, tries the front roll, he goes with a stunner, but it was uh, Carmelo Hayes. He catches him in midair. I think it's some sort of double knee to the stomach he gets him with. It's weird, but it happened. He gets caught. Um, a lung blower, I think. And then it's uh, um, Grayson Waller on the ground there. Carmelo Hayes climbs to the top turnbuckle, jumps off with this massive, beautiful, beautiful from the skies above. It's a wonderful axe kick to the back of Grayson Waller's head, knocking him out completely cold. And it's uh, Carmelo Hayes with the big victory, retaining his championship title, proving he is probably the, he is the A champion of NXT. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think, yes. Um, Grayson, uh, Carmelo Hayes, his uh, challengers has been A quality challengers. Uh, I think perhaps uh, maybe Carmelo Hayes is correct. He probably is the A champion of the NXT over Braun Breaker. Mm-hmm. 
I think it could be true. I, I believe the hype. I'm on a Carmelo Hayes hype train, baby. But he was a mid-card match. So that says a lot. You know, if he was the A champion, he'd be the main, uh, main event. But here we go. We go backstage. It's uh, with uh, Mackenzie Mitchell with Zion Quinn. And he thinks he's the future. The future of NXT. Since he sees himself as champion, multi-time champion, he sees himself as that. And that's good. You need that attitude. And uh, apparently he does not see Apollo Crews as that. So he's going to be a road bump in Apollo Crews's, uh, you know, road to a success. And now we go Mackenzie Mitchell again. She's doing a lot of work. And now she's with uh, Mandy Rose. And she's talking about uh, Roxanne Perez. Well, I guess uh, next week, uh, Roxanne Perez will be officially entered into the... Uh, the uh, the Failures Club. That's right, it's true. So now, here we go. We go to uh, our match. Another match. It is another. That's right. A championship match is for the uh, NXT Men's Tag Team Championships. Um, currently being held by Diamond Mines. Uh, Creed Brothers. Bruce and Julius Creed versus representing the Diamond Mine. Of course, it's uh, the leader of Diamond Mine, Roderick Strong, and his... Uh, the newest member, Damon Kemp. Now, I gotta say, right off the bat, uh, it's uh, Brutus Creed again. Uh, he decides to go with the uh, uh, Brutus Ball. That's right, Brutus Ball. He does goes to the top rope. It's a hardcore move. Um, it is very, very dangerous uh, for everybody in, in, uh, that's done. He goes on the top rope and like a cannonball, he throws himself off the ropes. You know, and on to either if someone were to take this broken ribs, easy, easy, you know, even no matter how safe you can do it. If you do take it safely, if you do catch him, uh, you're most likely going to get broken ribs. But uh, the worst thing all is uh, Bruce Creed. He lands terribly. There's nothing good can happen. He did try and extend. But you know what? Yeah, um, nothing good can happen with that move. Can it be done safely? Maybe, maybe, maybe if he doesn't do it for as high, doesn't go to the very top. Uh, maybe does even with cactus, uh, Mick Foley, his uh, his elbow, you know, off the ring apron to the ground. You know, it was uh, that was safe compared to this. Okay, regardless, we're going to the ring. It was a fun match. Uh, Roderick Strong try and take over. Um, Bruce and Julius Creed think. Like it, I believe they think they know better than Roderick Strong. Maybe maybe they do, with their young age. But the end sequence was this: Roderick Strong and uh, Julius Creed's in the ring. There, Roderick Strong gets picked up and then slammed onto the ground with his cartwheel slam. He does his patented cartwheel slam, and then uh, Roderick Strong managed to get up enough, get enough wind to tag out to Damon Kemp. Roderick Strong then rolls out of the ring. He's in too much pain to continue. And as soon as Damon Kemp get in there, of course, uh, Damon Kemp charges for Julius. Julius jumps over him and then latches on with his uh, patented cartwheel slam. Picks up him, slams him to the ground. A drive, drove him to the ground with this weird cartwheel driver. It's true. And after that, Damon Kemp's on the ground and uh, it's Julius Creed. Finishes him off with the uh, sliding lariat. The sliding lariat. And within no time at all, you know, but uh, really respectful. About uh, 12 minutes. Doesn't matter. Very good match. Very fun match. The ending 
we're still a bit of a letdown, I think. Uh, but it is a Bruce and Trudy's Creed retaining. But so this is going to be starting a rift. I'm pretty sure they're going to start some storyline with the uh, within Diamond Mine. Stuff is going to happen. Big things are going to happen, popping in uh, Diamond Mine. Not good things, but changes are going to be happening. And myths of Diamond. It's not just about Malcolm Bivens not being there, but that's a huge start. Okay, now we got Von Wagner with his two uh, representatives, uh, Mr. Robert Stone and uh, Sophia Cromwell, representing him, talking a big talk. And it's uh, Solo Sequoia cuts in there, talking like, you know what, uh, let's put your money where your mouth is. I'm paraphrasing everything, of course. And then, of course, it's, uh, I'm saying of course a lot because I like the of course-ness of it. Von Wagner gets in the Solo's face, and I see this as a match coming up in the future. Gonna be a very good match. Um, Solo Sokoa, no longer in the North American Championship picture. So is this uh, Solo Sokoa's slide right now? Is he gonna be pushing Von Wagner? Because uh, Von Wagner, Solo Sokoa, I don't know. Uh, I can't see Solo Sokoa winning this match. I see Von Wagner um, not running through Solo. But it's going to be a good match. But I see Von Wagner with a big win over Solo. So now with that said, with that said, we go to our main event matchup. It's uh, for the NXT World Champion, Braun Breaker, defending his belt against Cameron Grimes. Does Cameron Grimes have enough heart? Apparently, Cameron Grimes says he's got more heart. That's right. Um, Cameron Grimes got heart. And Cameron and uh, Braun Breaker has got the farts, hearts and farts. Uh, okay, that was stupid. Okay, so here we go. Uh, now the match was very good. It was almost top tier, almost uh, the uh, match of the night, but fell a little bit short. But here we go. They both had great chances of winning. Braun Breaker selling that uh, arm injury he suffered uh, last week when he charged into that ring post, knocking it off the the uh, bearings. The, uh, should I say, the uh, turnbuckle. Knocked the ring post off the turnbuckle. That's right. Um, so it looked like it was pretty bad. You know, he got thrown there twice. Um, so Cameron Grimes was taking care of that. You know, we're looking, uh, working that arm. And in the end sequence, Cameron Grimes gets uh, Braun Breaker set up with the, the cave-in. That's right. Braun Breaker suffered the cave-in. Cameron Grimes goes to the pin, but... Braun Breaker was too strong. Too strong kicks out of it. And then it's uh, Cameron Grimes again uh, decides to go big. Go big or go home. And of course, to the moon, baby. He goes to the second turnbuckle and he jumps off of it. And of course, Braun Breaker is ready for him. He uh, speared the hell out of him with a gore. <laughs> gore, baby. <laughs> and of course, and with the gore, it puts the end to Cameron Grimes' dream of becoming champion. And yep. Yeah, Braun Breaker retains your main event and uh, retaining the championship. But, of course, on the way out, it was not good for uh, Braun Breaker. He was trying to celebrate, but being attacked. And, I don't know, I've seen this move before. It's called the Devil Inside. The Devil Inside right through the 4th of July uh, feasting table. That's right. So, there was a lot of food on the table. You got put through the table. And it is uh, our very own, formerly known as uh, Jordan Devlin, now J.D. McDo, McDonut, McDonut, 
JD McDonough with a big finish in that thing, making a statement, looking for to the new championship gold. Now, I see a lot of uh, the NXT UK, a lot of people coming down here. A-Kid, also another one that's chilling the uh, NXT um, 2.0. I see uh, there's got to be a lot of changes in the UK, but we'll find out that, find that out later on, what's happening in the NXT UK. But for right now, this is the end of the show, for it ends um, the Great American Bash. But next week, however, next week will be something else. Um, we'll have, I guess, Apollo Crews will be fighting Giovanni, Giovanni uh, VC, And then, of course, a big one. It's going to be a, uh, a women's championship match. Uh-huh. Next week on the regular show will be Mandy Rose versus Roxanne Perez. That's right. But that wraps it up for this special edition of NXT called uh, The Great American Bash. But fear not, listener, we'll be right back with their very cynical coverage of the NXT UK right after this short break. We Ah, signore, I've been expecting you. Oh, thanks for seeing me with such short notice, stupendous. Uh, don't be silly, Signore Alaswepo. You're welcome over any time. You know, with that said, uh, it's been a while. I mean, how rude of me. What brings you about? Uh, hey, uh, stupendous. Uh, well, Chapeau asked me to come over here to pick up those, well, you know, those spare turnbuckles you have in storage there. You know, Signore Alaswepo. It is very hard to understand you when you're wearing a gas mask. Here, let me help you with that. Oh, no. No, the smell. I mean, uh, sorry, stupendous. Uh, But I've been avoiding coming around here because, you know, because... Because my body naturally admits random bursts of exhausts. Uh, People seem to be put off with my explosive perfume. But... Check it out, Signore Alas Wipo. I've been medicated on Windex. It's been a few months now. Check out the difference. Uh, hmm. Wow. That's, that's absolutely incredible. Uh, uh, stupendous. Your house, it doesn't smell like a toilet anymore. A dirty toilet? Now, what is that? It's, is that uh, a mole sauce? Uh, it smells like my mom's mole sauce. A dirty toilet? Well, it's a good thing I found Windex, huh? Ah, uh, sweet Jesus, stupendous. What the, what the hell was that noise? And why does it all of a sudden smell like a fresh mole sauce? It's very intense. Oh, well, thanks to Windex's Whistler insert, instead of silencing my fart, this changes the fart's percussions. Now, that was my fart you heard through a kazoo filter. Do you suffer from IFSF, insufferably foul-smelling farts? Join the millions who say yes to life. Change your fart smells to flowers and love and leave the angry death farts behind with Windex. Windex must be used on a daily schedule for full effectiveness. 
going cold turkey after extended use of Windex may cause worsening of flatulence. The wrestling show, oh, 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 baby. The wrestling show, oh, 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 baby. Hey, listener, it's Lip Hazelywood here with a quick reminder that The Wrestling Show every now and then uploads videos to YouTube. So check out The Show on YouTube for some visual entertainment. Now, back to the show. It's time! Or the wrestling show would take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live uh, from the BT Sports Studios from way across the pond in London, it's the NXT UK. Let's go. Wilbo. Wilbo. Welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and this is The Wrestling Show's very cynical look back at the latest tapings of the NXT UK. Now, usually, NXT UK has three matches every night, uh, but tonight, on rare occasions, they have four matches. But, of course, uh, before we get to that, we first recognize the non-combatants, now representing the authority figure... The general manager, no, not Johnny Saint, no, no, no. It's Sid Scala. And of course, the voices of the NXT UK, the commentators, the play-by-play guys. Some might even call them hosts. I even call them the narrators of the show. They are Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness, who are magic together. It's very, like, two of my favorite commentators in general, not just wrestling, but all time. I think maybe they should do like a talent show and they just be the narrators of that. You know, the judges, so to speak. Okay, regardless. Um, now, without further kudos, let's get on with the show. Now, the NXT BT Sports Studios was, of course, was a packed studio audience. I can assume, assume one day, maybe at the end of the year, maybe next year, um, I can see that... Uh, um, NXT UK moving into a larger building. Um, I think NXT, the sport, BT Sports Studios, is just not big enough to contain the greatness of the NXT UK any longer. So now, with that all said, we go into the ring with our very first match. And it is a grudge match happening. It took over months of time. Months and months. Some may even say years. Mm-hmm. It is a Tiger Turan versus his longtime rival or foe or maybe not uh, interest, Kenny Williams, the human cockroach. That's right. Now, I guess uh, there's been some their history behind there. Uh, I see Tiger Turan is definitely Amir Jordan, and Kenny Williams wants to prove to the world that Tiger Turan is Amir Jordan. Now, can Ty can uh, Kenny Williams? Uh, Unmasked Tiger Tran showing that he's in fact Emir Jordan. Well, 
we'll find out. But this match was a fun match, of course. Um, give and take, both sides. Uh, your standard of, you know, wrestling, of what they, you can expect. Um, we'll go right to the ending sequence. Where we look like Kenny Williams has taken over. You know, like, uh, really, uh, I guess, manhandling, so to speak. Uh, Tiger Turan, just pushing him with his foot, you know. And trying to get him to admit that he sees, in fact, Amir Jordan. Amir's like, I won't admit that, but I'll tell you what I will do. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Xavier Woods? He's got something called taking it in the rear, which you're doing right now, sucker. So that's right. It's uh, Kenny Williams taking it in the rear. Some might call it the uh, inside cradle, but it basically it's a, a roll-up. Inside cradle roll-up, but it's uh, what it is. And okay. Now, before Tiger Train can really celebrate with his big victory, it is he's attacked by Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams takes him down, takes him down, Charlie Brown, and then with the uh, the bad luck, whacks him on his head. And uh, Amir was, I mean, uh, Tiger Tran was out. So <clears throat> Kenny Williams decided to he starts to uh, fiddle around with his uh, his mask, and then the, and then the cameraman. Um, and then it, they changed camera angles, you know, on the TV. They changed camera angles. So it is uh, the most, un the perfect spot to, to you cannot see Tiger Tran's head any longer. And then it moves on to Kenny Williams holding the mask. And you cannot see anything what Tiger Tran's doing at all. Mm -hmm. So what you don't see, I'm assuming um, the referee had the double masks and gave the masks to, uh, Amir Jordan to put on while the camera other uh, while the camera is trained on uh, Kenny Williams toting the Tiger Turan mask. It's true. It's pretty embarrassing. I think the the crowd really seen that. And uh, unlike a David Copper uh, David Copperfield uh, magic show, where the crowd is most likely most of them most of the time are in on the magic, and it's uh, the people at home. It's like do like whoa, that's magic is real. So basically, this is the moment where the referee gives Amir Jordan the math, two Arthur masks, where Kenny Williams looks around, oh my gosh, he's masked, he has another mask on, my goodness. And then he goes there and takes off another mask, so it's basically, uh, Amir had uh, basically three masks in the match. Kenny Williams unmasked two of them, and the second mask, when he did take it off, he did have to be careful not to pull off the third mask. Mm -hmm. It's true, it's true. I saw the help, I saw the help, it was, it was, it was, it was sad. <clears throat> but I'd say this one here, uh, this whole angle is uh, about as bad as the uh, maybe uh, Elias and uh, Ezekiel. Yes, we're brothers. Elias is my older brother. Yes. So this is just as bad. So regardless, we go on. We go on backstage with Oliver Carter at the BT Sports Studios training center, the gym. Mm-hmm pushing some weights, getting some weights onto his barbell. And uh, we got ourselves, he looks up and oh my goodness, from Die Family, it's uh, Charlie Dempsey helping him out with the other side of the weight and giving him a hand. This freaks out uh, Oliver Carter. And of course, the rest of Die Family shows up. Teoman and Rohan Raja. And they say, you know, you, uh, you're all alone and stuff that you should join, you should be joining the group. Should be joining Die Family. 
and of course it's uh, Rohan Raja getting into the face of Oliver Carter. But it's Tailman saying, I am the f I am the head of the table here. I will fight you. Yes. So that's gonna be good. Tailman, one of my personal favorites. I think Tailman has uh, he has got the mind for wrestling. I think he he knows how he knows how to, how it works. He's one of the great minds of wrestling. I personally think so. Um, he's still young. He's got a long way to go. I think his journey, Teoman's journey in the WWE, will be grand. It should be. I hopefully, hope he'll be grand. But let him bloom a little bit more in the UK. I hope. Um, so basically, it's going to be a match: uh, Teoman versus Oliver Carter. I look forward to that. So now here we go in the ring with our second match. It's currently in the ring, which would would tell you something automatically. Oh my goodness! Is currently in the ring, Josh Morell, Josh the Mushroom, Morell. That's right. I say I say mushroom because uh, it's Morell is a mushroom. But here's the thing. Now, back last month, I believe Josh Morell's last match was against Tiger Turan himself, and uh, taking a injury. Like the referee had to come in with the X. The high X. Literally, the referee did a high X for Josh Morell. Mm -hmm. um, now, he's all taped up really good with Kinesis tape, which, if you know anything about Kinesis tape, it's just stupid. It doesn't do anything for nobody. You know? So, regardless, he's covered with Kinesis tape. So, the move was, I think it was a high, a high cross, and he just, like, that was, okay, so regardless. Josh Morell versus whom? Whom is Josh Morell going to fight and lose to, I thought? Why? It's uh, from uh, Symbiosis Primate. Now, is the Symbiosis still is still around, or am I just uh, you know counting their, my chickens before they're hatched? So here we go. I thought this. I thought, okay, uh, this is a sure thing. Uh, Josh Morell is a jobber. Um, primate, even though Primate is technically a jobber with you know the tag team jobber, maybe on his own. I'm thinking, okay, he's been around longer. It's his time for uh, Primate stews. Is it time for a push in the singles division? So, okay, this would be interesting. So, of course, it's uh, it's a match. Uh, at the beginning, it's like two sides, two parts of the match. Beginning of the match, it's uh, basically primate uh, dominating in his own primate way. You know, he's like he has his own style. He does. I don't know. It's ridiculous. He's like, I'm the monkey. I'm harvesting the the spirit of the monkey. So he does the ground slap. It does ridiculous. So that's the only effective thing he does is slap the uh, the mat. Because he's so short, he can easily touch the ground. Mm -hmm. It's true. But here we go. Josh Morell turns things around with, oh my goodness, a crazy a suicide move. He does a crazy dive outside the ring there. A flip over the top rope, squashing. Primate out there. Now eventually, um, Primate gets back in control a little bit. And he gets... Uh, um, Josh Morell into a uh, powerbomb position. Now, here's the thing. I'm not sure what kind of powerbomb uh, uh, Primate does, but if he does a push, like he throws him off his shoulders rather than throw him on the ground, like he pushes him off, like a push-off powerbomb. This was successful because he pushed off really hard and Josh Morell used that uh, momentum to do a backflip, amazing backflip off of it. That's right. So it was pretty impressive looking, pretty impressive, but you couldn't do it 
without the help of primates. So basically, primates done themselves done themselves themself nasty, dirty. So primate now stunned with what he just done. Like, oh, what? What just happened? Oh my goodness! And he's like, and he charges over to uh, Josh Morell, and he clotheslines him over the top rope. Whammo! But uh, of course, Josh Morell didn't fall off. And then the follow through with that was to give him all the, I don't know, he tried to charge him and then Josh Morell uh, quickly with a, uh, I guess, slingshots himself kind of to a uh, uh, goring uh, uh, primate. And primate's like, oh, kicks the knife back and he, uh, he's holding onto ropes. And then finally, Josh Morell does a flip on top, jumps on top of uh, like a um, bunny hop. Leapfrog, I should say, on top of uh, um, Primate's uh, back. And then, with a sunset flip bomb, or you might call it uh, a uh, Pop Rocks or even a Code Red. But regardless, it is a sunset flip bomb and it got Primate in a bad way. In a nice stack, a perfect stack too. Josh Morell with a gigantic victory. I did not see this coming. I thought for sure Josh Merrill was going to lose this. Only for the fact that he was uh, the warrior in the ring, currently in the ring. So Primate, wow. What's going on with Primate? Um, what without T-Bone or T-Bar? No, his name is T-Bone. And uh, Eddie Dennis. You think uh, dropping Eddie Dennis might give him a, a winning streak? Because uh, being with him clearly wasn't really helping at all. But we're dealing with uh, Primate here. You know, I think he's there to make other people look really good, like Val Venus, but shorter. So now here we go backstage. We go with uh, Ilya Dragunov, the current NXT UK champion. Now uh, he's all talk, but he's beaten them all. He's beaten them all, and it's true he has beaten them all because all the ways why he wouldn't be the champion right now. But uh, when has the last time Ilya Dragunov has fought and competed for, uh, you know, uh, put up put his championship up for uh, grabs? When's the last time that he has been challenged in a ring? It's been a long, long time. And has anybody challenged him? No one's even thought about challenging him. I don't think it's important to challenge. Uh, but no one's even challenged him. So that's kind of embarrassing a little bit. The world champion not even being challenged by anybody. Nobody, you know, um, I bet if uh, Oliver Carter challenged, uh, you know, Ilya Dragunov right now, he'd get a title match. But regardless, I'm just saying no one's, it's Ilya calls out uh, Wolfgang. So he wants to fight Wolfgang. Of course. So here we go. With that said, we go into the ring now. Currently. In the ring. Now, I thought this is going to be different now. It's uh, Tate Mayfair's. That's right. Not just one. Not the tag team. It's one person. Tate Mayfair's. It's the Tater Todd himself. And we all know who uh, Tate Mayfair's is. He was a tag team partner of Josh Morrell. Now, Josh Morrell just got his first victory. Can Tater Todd himself get a victory? Mr. Tate Mayfair's. Now, who's he fighting, though? Why? It's the second Thor. Mm -hmm. Mustache Mountain himself. Trent Seven on his own. Mm -hmm. um, Tyler Bates nowhere to be seen because he's on hiatus. He's gone to the mountains. 
no, he wants to wear his uh, um, his blanket again. You know, grow out his beard and and uh, I guess uh, I guess meditate a lot. So regardless of that, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Bates is not anywhere to be seen. So Trent Seven's in the ring here. It's uh, and of course he does put uh, taters to the to the ringer. Mm -hmm. He made uh, mash out of uh, tots, potatoes. He made mash out of potatoes. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but regardless, Tate Mayfair gets creamed in this match. Um, with about under four minutes in this match, uh, it's all um, Trent Seven, you know, and of course with an amazing. I gotta say, this uh, seven-star lariat was a great. It was a great seven-star lariat. Putting down uh, Tate Mayfair is in with the big Vin. Now, of course, after the match, I guess now with the new heel gimmick, he goes after uh, Tate Mayfair again. Goes with a, a figure eight, apparently. It's a figure eight. It's a figure four combined with a like a, a form of a heel hook, but not really heel hook. But yeah, so it's a figure four heel hook type situation. Now before Trent Seven can break Tate Mayfair's in half, turn him into Tater Tots, uh, he's saved by, oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe it, but Mr. Clean! Mr. Clean! He's not just there to clean your sinks and stuff there. He's healthier to help Mr. Tate Mayfair's make um, it with his affairs. But seriously, though, it was not Mr. Clean. He may look exactly like Mr. Clean. But it was Sam Gradwell doing his best Mr. Clean impersonation. Um, so who knows? Would this be a good match? Sam Gradwell versus uh, Trent Seven? We'll soon find out. But right now, we go to our main event match. And who's in our main event match? It is a tag team match. It is, uh, of course, the women's tag team champion, Miko Satomura, and her friend visiting um, for who knows how long. Um, it, indefinitely. Um, it's her friend, Saray and Countryman, versus... The daddy's girl, daddy's girl, Zoya Brookside, and her friend, Eloisa Alexander. That's right. That's how annoying they are. They're very annoying duo. They're the annoying duo. So this match was very fun. This match was, in fact, the match of the night. Um, it was pretty brutal because, of course, uh, you know, uh, when it comes down to, I guess, authenticity, uh, um, I guess, uh, I just a basic, I don't know, they just bring aggression to the match. It's uh, Mako and Saray, you know, in intensity, so to speak. They bring an intensity to the match that's uh, pretty fun to watch. So here we go. At the end of the night, it was uh, Zaya Brookside knocks out uh, or gets uh, uh, legs, sweeps, uh, drops, uh, Saray into the ropes and then quickly goes to Miku uh, Satamora and I guess entice, entices her, you know, and tries to and just tries to get her into the ring, you know, provoke her into the ring there. And the referee goes over there, anyways, 
they set up uh, um, Saray with Eliza Alexandra. Alexander, her, her knee, her flying knee, which this time missed. And then she got leg sweeped. Sweep the leg, Saray, sweep the leg. And she did. And uh, of course, um, Eliza goes down and she rolls off the mat and she's done for her for the rest of the match. She's, uh, yep. So while in the ring, wow, wowie, wowie, wow. It's uh, Zoya Brookside getting cremated, uh, getting absolutely cremated uh, by uh, Saray. She gets her down to the uh, ropes where she does her patent um, face wash drop kick, just like creams, creams, uh, uh, creams uh, Zaya Brookside. Now, Saray, while she's doing that, she was tagged in by Mako. So she pulls her back in, and Mako finishes her off with the Rising Cobra. Well, I don't know what it's called. It doesn't matter. So regardless, um, Mako Satmar just creams with creams uh, Zai Brookside with the finishing move. And of course, it's uh, Mako Satmar and Saray with a big victory. That's right. But here we go. Now that ends this match. You know, uh, great four matches in the show. Um, now, even though I couldn't really remember the uh, Cobra Scorpio Rising, maybe sort of finishing move, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's a bad one. Bad on me. I'll learn that later. But I kind of keep that in. My ignorance is, uh, shows the world what kind of person I am. A really good person who's honest. Okay, so I believe it's Scorpio Rising. So, okay, now here we go. Next week, we have some serious matches coming up. Stevie Turner, um, the girl of the fourth dimension, versus Amale. Mm -hmm. Only rhymes with Tamale. She's a hot Tamale. It's Amale. Um, it's going to be next week. And of course, with that, next week is going to be really good. It's going to be Teoman versus Oliver Carter, which is going to be big. And also next week, it's going to be uh, for the Heritage Cup, Norm Dar versus Mark Coffey. Now, if this is Norm Dar's retirement match of the NXT UK, I think he's going to uh, uh, 2.0 or the main roster, regardless. If it is true, I think for sure, 100%, Mark Coffey's going to get the win. Uh, Mark Coffey, I think uh, I think if he goes with the nice uh, Arn Anderson look or Tully Blanchard look, you know, his, the ring gear, I think... Uh, Mark Coffey could be a nice, uh, he could make himself over a traditional style of a uh, wrestler, you know? Maybe like Bruno San Martino gear. Hey, I'm Bruno San Martino. So regardless of that. Um, that does it for this week's episode of NXT UK. And also concludes this segment of the show. Now we'll be right back with our very cynical look at Friday Night Smackdown, listener. So we'll be right back after this short break. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from Fort Worth, Texas. It's Friday Night Smackdown, air date July 8th. 2022. Uh, this episode is The Road to Clash at the Castle and uh, SummerSlam. Uh, 
So let's go. Wubbo. Wubbo. Welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and this is the wrestling show's very cynical look back at the latest tapings or the episode of SmackDown. Now, before we get started, let's give you a quick shout out to the non-competitors, the glue that hold the building together. First, the authority figure. We're representing the authority figure. He is the official Adam Pierce. Then getting all the pre-match interviews and backstage scoops. They are Caleb Braxton and Megan Morant. And last but not least, the commentating crew, the hosts, the people who narrate the whole darn show. They are first the veteran of over 20 plus years, Michael Cole. And for today, his partner is Corey Graves calling the matches. Now, of course, uh, Last uh, Saturday passed, after Money in the Bank, it was uh, Pat McAfee. He was brutally attacked by the Happy One himself. Happy Corbin attacked him um, after the show was over with a vicious attack, ending with the uh, end of days outside the ring, you know. And then it's, of course, uh, um, Pat McAfee was on Corbin for a long time, challenging him to uh, WrestleMania. And this is the answer. Yes. There's a match going to be at WrestleMania, and uh, this is the setup. I'm going to beat you up, and then, yes, we're going to do it. So let's get real. But regardless, Pat McAfee was not clear to do commentating. I guess maybe he might be have too much sour grapes to do a good commentating uh, effort. Now, without further kudos, let's get on with the show. Because this show is going to be a good one. Um, because, of course... After a long time from doing, from being away from the ring, mm-hmm. it is Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. Uh, Paul Heyman, Jimmy, and Jay Usos, the Usos, going in the ring. Now, before anything you can get really set up, can get set up in the ring there with Roman and uh, the Bloodline, we got a little spotting backstage, or a, sp- a spotting of theory, you know, of things to come during the promo, I'm sure. Otherwise, the camera wouldn't have caught that. Mm-hmm. It's true. So Roman Reigns takes the ring and with his wonderful promo about him being the best and whatnot, you know, but he sees something in Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman seems very concerned, unreasonably concerned. Who knows? But he asks about what Paul Heyman's concerns about and he talks about Brock Lesnar. Now Brock Lesnar uh, has his one last chance at becoming the champion. Not just the a champion, but the champion. Um, now, apparently, this is uh, apparent when Brock Lesnar is backed up against the ropes, backed into a corner. Brock Lesnar is a fierce animal and will get what he wants. And it's what usually happens. So he has a lot of uh, examples of such. But you know what? It's not the end, you know. It's basically if Roman can bring it if Roman can be at his most violent Roman Reigns can retain his championship gold so while Roman is uh, praising the greatness of uh, the tribal chief himself Roman Reigns we got ourselves a sighting of course it's theory Uh, making a lap around the ring making sure he's seen by the entire bloodline and saying that yes this one here could be in your future I could be the next champion because yes of course it is uh, uh, last man standing it's going to be sell a lot in the future so here we go 
Now we go with our first match, our first match. Um, now we got ourselves, I guess they're going by new pronouns now. It is the new vicious Viking Raiders. That's right, Eric and Ivar going at it against Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Now, Shanky has only one thing on his mind, is getting all stanky with it. He likes to dance instead of wrestling. So basically, uh, Jinder tags himself in and wrestles uh, both uh, Eric and Ivar in that ring there. And uh, he gets owned pretty much. It's a quick match. It's a quickie. It's a quickie quickie. Um, Jinder gets, uh, finally gets some space and goes to tag uh, a Shanky, but Shanky is too busy getting stanky outside the ring. You know, he's doing a dance number out there. So Jinder gets all upset and he turns around and he faces the, uh, the Viking Raiders who then crush Jinder Mahal into the ground with a double power bomb or a double Chikona bomb. And it is uh, Ivar with the pin, Jinder Mahal with the loss in just over a minute. Wow, wowie, wowie, wowie. But of course, it's not over yet. The whole segment is not quite over yet because uh, we got uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods coming in there talking, you know, with uh, just talking Eric and Ivar to death, you know, just to sleep. While they're doing that, uh, Jinder, Mahal and Shanky make their escape. That's right. But uh, of course, um, they I don't know. It's ridiculous. It was a ridiculous thing. Ending up with uh, Kofi and Xavier with their uh, ass-beating cards. They, so they presented that to uh, Eric and Ivar, and true to their words, to, on the cards, uh, yes, Eric and Ivar gave uh, um, Xavier and Kof Kofi, Kofi the ass-whooping of a lifetime. That's right, they crumb, crushed the uh, New Day. Mm -hmm. So one day, um, there might actually be a match. Who knows how long they're pushing this, but it's... Uh, um, maybe they should, uh, they should really get advice how to uh, extend a rivalry without fighting, or minimum fighting as possible, to uh, Sami Zayn, the master. But regardless, this is going somewhere, who knows. But uh, Eric Nivar, the new vicious, so they say, or should I say the uh, mascara boys, Eric Nivar. So now we got ourselves a sighting. Joining commentary team with the Corey Graves and the Michael Cole. It is the happy one, Happy Corbin joining them because after all, he's promoting uh, his match at SummerSlam with Pat McAfee. Mm -hmm. And he's doing that during a match, during a, it's a, supposed to be, it's, it's supposed to be Gunther's open challenge. It's supposed to be Gunther's open challenge. But we got Gunther being introduced but Gunther thinks, you know what, this is this is, shouldn't be an open challenge. I think this might be a last minute thing. But says, no, 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 no open challenge. Uh, people should earn the right to get uh, the title shot straight up. So uh, Shinsuke Nakamura comes down. Oh yeah, he comes down there and uh, it's uh, Happy Corbin dancing like Pat McAfee would, uh, except it's way funnier. Um, so he does, uh, he gets, a Michael, uh, gets uh, Corey Graves on the ring there, on table two, and they do a duet there with a uh, duet, duet, uh, dueling air guitars. It was pretty funny. But so, it ended up, uh, instead of Gunther versus Shinsuke, Shinsuke offered a challenge to fight uh, Ludwig Kaiser, Gunther's right, left-hand man, 
or right hand man who knows so now this was if this was a good match it was a fun match um now but in the end in the end of course it is uh shinsuke nakamura with the chin uh, sasha the chin sasha on uh, Ludwig Kaiser, knock him clean out. Chinsuke with a big victory, but you know what? Uh, I guess uh, this is not good for the, the the ring general, Gunther. He did not appreciate that loss that uh, he didn't he represented uh, Gunther poorly. So of course uh, Gunther had to chop some discipline right into uh, Ludwig Kaiser bunch of chops he has to learn his lessons so did will kaiser learn or would you think that maybe he should have stayed a partner with uh his old buddy fabian now somebody completely different now going under a complete different name but regardless of that that's something different so uh that's right gunther showing uh Ludwig kaiser shape up or get chopped the the, the punishment of failure is great so you must succeed if you want to be with the great Gunther so now with that we got ourselves uh, um, Michael Cole with the in-ring interview with uh, Liv Morgan and uh, to, talk, to talk about her possible rematch um, at SummerSlam with Ronda Rousey mm -hmm, that's true now Liv Morgan's looking very tall next to Michael Cole because there's a huge reason my goodness she's wearing the moon boots of moon boots by goodness she's got at least half a foot of shoe <laughs> half a foot she's like on stilts so when uh what's that uh Natalia you know the uh the very uh I guess you can say uh the delusional Natalia uh, Bret Hart comes down there to challenge uh um I guess uh Liv Morgan. Now she's claiming everything Liv Morgan's got right now is due to the fact that Natalia softened up. Uh, you know, this was all because of Natalia. Is all because of me. What's with Natalia? Me, me, me. Liv Morgan would not be champion. Of course, Liv Morgan's got like a half a foot on Natalia now because <laughs> her ridiculous shoes. But regardless of that, we come uh, hobbling down, somewhat hobbling down the ring. It's. Uh, our former champion, Ronda Rousey in there. And basically, uh, congratulating, she, like, there's gotta be some sort, something in the air there with uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda's got some sort of respect or she really likes favors. Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan's got uh, under the skin. She's got under the skin of Ronda Rousey somehow. So Liv Morgan's got that, she's very beautiful. So she's got Ronda Rousey's respect for some reason. And she then, well, she, Ronda does not like Natalia, you know, so she calls out Natalia. It's like, are you taking responsibility for all this? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this, I'm gonna take you out and expose you and humble you in that ring here. And will, will uh, Ronda Rousey truly humble Natalia in this match? Well, yes, there is. First of all, there is going to be a match Ronda Rousey versus uh, Natalia. Ronda apparently still hurt, apparently still hurt, but she really isn't. Because in this match, it was Ronda Rousey squashing the living hell out of uh, Natalia. 
Natalia tried to escape while she tried to walk away. You know, she got a leg injury too, so she's hobbling away there. Ronda Rousey brings her back in the ring and eventually just gives her a knee bar and, you know. So, and she got her down. Yeah, yeah, basically, uh, um, Ronda made, uh, humbled uh, Natalia. Basically, it was a humbling. And it's like, yeah, there you go. There you, there you have it, Natalia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You claim a lot of things, but, uh, uh, you're also very two-faced, Natalia, and uh, I'm here to put you in your place, and place be put in. So, an unfortunate loss for Natalia Bret Hart. Not able to get on that his sharpshooter anywhere. So now we go backstage with uh, Megan Morant with Drew McIntyre talking about uh, Sheamus uh, because he wants to go on to Clash at the, of the castle to get the belt. He wants to win. He wants to be a champion. He wants to fight Roman Reigns. And so basically, this is the match that will do it. So now, uh, stretching for time, stretching for time to WWE SmackDown. They, they always got time-eating segments. And this segment, this segment is Maximum uh, Max Dupree with Maximum Male Models with their, uh, with their tennis collection. And that's right. Their... Uh, tennis collection and he has uh of course uh Massier and uh Monsieur um opposing a bunch of double put up being just posers for the uh it's just ridiculous it just took a lot ate a lot of time it was a time eater segment for sure people got sick of it and bored real quick I'm not sure what we're supposed to do but it showcased nothing so now here we go backstage. We got ourselves making my rant with Theory. He wants to, he has a message to uh, Roman Reigns. Now he's also uh, looking forward to SummerSlam because uh, he's got, he can be a two-time, that's right, uh, United States champ and the uh, Universal Champion. So that'll be interesting. Um, this could be uh, uh, Theory's a huge uh, climb to greatness but who knows time will only tell and then when that uh, interview is over we have ourselves a uh, madcap moss with a theory of his own thinking well maybe he can uh, shove that uh, money in a bank briefcase inside uh, theory's mouth and walks off so now here we go we got a match so called it is so called match um, it was supposed to be a um, Aaliyah and her partner Lacey Evans versus Shotzi and uh, Shayna Baszler. Now, this only showed one thing that the fact that uh, Shayna and Shotzi was probably not there that day. You know? Oh, you were. I, I didn't think we were supposed to have a match today. You didn't say to come. Regardless, I say that only because of this. Um, it's Aaliyah goes to the ring first. Lacey Evans. Now, Something's hugely wrong with Lacey Evans. Something hugely, hugely wrong with her. It is, uh, you know, uh, what what perception versus reality, I think. Now, the perception of uh, Lacey Evans is uh, she's like a girl that's gone through a lot. You know, she's uh, the hometown girl. She is uh, the common girl, you know. She's the everyday woman. I'm every woman. And she, you know, she's no better than any woman and uh, no worse than any woman. She is equals. 
but when she comes out, she does not get the respect she thinks she deserves. She does that three times. Let's try it one more time, one more time, just do it one more And she really does not like it, so she scalds the audience there, you know. Um, so it's like, uh, uh, she's just so upset that people doesn't love her, you know. So she turns to an absolute bitch. That's right. Lacey Evans. You know, okay. This is what I see. Her and her her uh, course in wrestling career is, is heading directly the same as uh, um, Sonia Deville. Maybe that would be a good tag team. Sonia Deville and Lacey Evans um, be a great heel team. Um, they can be uh, my two Karens. That's right, my two Karens. So she's about to walk out and Leah's like, hey, wait a sec, we have a match, we got a match. And then she punches Leah in the face, ends everything. That was, that was, uh, yeah, it happened. Lacey Evans, what are you gonna do? Uh, is she just gonna go by? I can, I can see the laugh again. The Lacey Evans laugh. Meh, 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 meh. Remember before she uh, left because she was pregnant and people thought there was like, uh, um, you know, the nature boy Ric Flair impregnated her. It was, it was just ridiculousness. And this is Lacey Evans. She's ridiculous, I guess. So now here we go. We go to the ring for a, uh, a championship contenders match. I couldn't be like, wow, who's who's gonna fight? There's a who's gonna be in the ring? Uh, Street Profits again? Uh, uh, that's good. Okay, who's gonna be in there? Um, so base. Okay, so it's Bloodline. Obviously, um, Bloodline is going to be in the match. So they got to fight, and if they lose, they got to fight again to defend their championship. So it's Jay Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso versus representing. The lovers, Los Lotharios, it's uh, Angel and Humberto, Humberto. Now it was a, it was a match that happened. Um, wow. Usually I think if it's a contenders match, usually the, the people, the champions usually lose if they're in a match, in the contenders, number one contenders match. But when I heard it was uh, Los Lotharios, I'm like, yeah, the Usos will win this match with great ease, I'm pretty sure. Uh, only because I think personally, personally, I think there's a huge talent in Los Lotharios. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo are both amazing talents in that ring, right? Individually and as a team, great, even greater as a team. But I think uh, Los Lotharios is a uh, lucha house party. They're, 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 they're being taken as a joke. It's embarrassing, it's sad. Will Latino heat ever be revived? Other than uh, the old man, Rey Mysterio. And besides, it's as ridiculous. Rey Mysterio, come on now, come on. So, okay, so now with a one and done, uh, Jimmy and Jey Uso, Jimmy gets a pin on Humberto. Humberto loses. So now with that, uh, to stretch time extra, we got uh, Caleb Braxton with the in-ring uh, interview with the, uh, um, the Usos. Talk about... Uh, Montez Ford not being pinned properly, you know, and uh, talk about uh, getting away with cheating. But you know what? They didn't cheat. It was just bad refereeing. So basically, SummerSlam, their rematch will have a special guest referee. Who who will be that referee? Someone with eyes in the back of their head, I'm sure. I don't know what that means. But now here we go. We go to our main event match. The main event match. Now, this is all confusing, like like earlier, you know, with uh, um, Gunther 
in his open challenge, so-called open challenge match, which didn't really transpire at all. This was uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. The winner of this match faces the Universal Champion at uh, Clash at the Castle. So versus Roman Reigns. So we go in the ring there. It's all set up, you know. And then uh, Sheamus and the uh, bawling uh, brutes, the bawling fruits, the brawling brutes. Uh, Seamus comes in there and faking the uh, oh, oh I think I've got I think I've got the COVID oh, 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 cough 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 oh, COVID is bad oh, oh, I can't fight <laughs> so then he makes a fight against uh, it's uh, Seamus versus uh, the Butch Mr. Manbun himself Mr. Floating Hat Andy Cap Mr. Floating Cap on the head that's right Manbun Butch and this is uh, the main event match. This was uh, basically Butch trying his hardest, but getting crushed and smashed and thrown around by uh, Drew McIntyre. And then finally, putting Butch out of his misery with the big old Claymore to the face. The countdown, of course. He likes the three, number, three letters. He's doing a three thing too now. I guess Randy's not doing his three dangerous letters. No, he's doing three letter most dangerous. No, who knows? It's ridiculous. So he claymores the hell out of uh, um, the butch, you know, making uh, him his bitch. So of course it's a big easy victory for Sheamus or for uh, Drew McIntyre. And before he can do anything, Rich Holland tries to attack, and Rich Holland gets beaten up as well. So what does this mean? Um, Drew McIntyre did not fight Sheamus, so uh, the winner of this match. So that. So what does this winner of this match mean? So will there be a clash of the castle battle with uh, McIntyre and uh, Roman Reigns? Who knows? Who knows? At least I don't know. And we end up with, uh, of course, Drew McIntyre threatening Sheamus's life with Karen, his sword, his sword Karen. That's right, it represents all Karens, his sword. And he goes there, and Seamus is like, you're not going to redo it. Yeah, he was going to split him in two. So Seamus cuts, jumps off the thing, and he cuts the rope again. Which ends the show. But, of course, next week is uh, another story. Uh, will Madcap, it's Madcap Moss versus Theory. Will Madcap Moss do as he said? Will he try to stuff the Money in the Bank briefcase into Theory's mouth? We'll soon find out next week. And then next week will be a number one contenders match. It's Liv Morgan versus Natalia. I can see usually, you know, I think uh, in a contenders match, I think Liv Morgan will lose this one to Natalia. And somehow at SummerSlam, it will be a triple th three-way match, a triple threat match with uh, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and uh, Shayna Baszler. No, no, against uh, Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan, Natalia, Ronda Rousey, triple threat match. That was going to happen eventually because clearly Liv Morgan's not ready to hold a championship match by herself. That's just my theory, my opinion. And I could be wrong. She still is the most beautiful woman in wrestling. Liv Morgan. But that wraps it up for another week of SmackDown and also concludes this episode of the podcast. Uh, so be sure to join us next week, listener, for an all-new episode of The Wrestling Show. And for all you wonderful listeners that stuck around with me to the very end of this show, I'll let you know you got a special place in my heart for you. 
And always remember, you matter. So see you next time. Lewis Ling Show, oh, 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 baby.